This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Well, on the last episode, where we ended the season off, we counted down the best films of 2019. We are officially turning the calendar over to 2020 and talking about movies that are coming out this year. And I thought no better way to do it than to just sort of preview what movies I'm most excited about or most curious about seeing that are coming out. The way this is going to work is it's sort of broken down uh, chronologically. So we've got movies coming out starting from once this podcast comes out through the end of 2020. And then there's a whole bunch of TBDs. They are currently slated to be released this year. But of course, things could change. They might get changed. They might get pushed to the new year, or might even not be ready by the end of this year at all. So all of this is a lot up in the air at the end. But we're going to start off going chronological. All this said, there's already been one film that has been pushed up. Originally, I was going to talk about No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, during my talk of April movies. But due to COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus, it has already been pushed back to November. This is just the first of what I imagine is going to be several big budget movies that get pushed back or have their release changed entirely, or what have you. This is a really fluid situation where we really don't know the extent of what's happening and the spread that is going to have and what sort of ripple effects this might uh, end up entailing with the movie industry. So I imagine that by the time this movie, this podcast comes out, maybe a week, two weeks, a day after it comes out, there might be some changes. So at the time of uh, me recording this on March 11th, all these dates are currently locked into play with no uh, noticeable changes as of yet. So, without further ado, let's get into this and start talking some 2020 movies. You know why the phoenix sits on the right hand of the emperor? She is his guardian, his protector. That she's both beautiful and strong. Your job is to bring honor the family do you think you can do that hey so i just want to quickly interrupt this episode to give a bit of an update i stated that i recorded this episode on wednesday march 11th and i joked about how probably it would be out of date by the time the show was a week old, but you know what? I haven't even posted it, and it is already out of date. I mentioned that James Bond has been pushed back to November, but that is not the only thing. Mulan, which was supposed to come out in March, is now has an unspecified release date. They don't know when it is. Some other movies that I haven't talked about or I won't be talking about on the show that have changes include uh, F9, the new Fast and the Furious movie, is being pushed back all the way until April of next year. A Quiet Place 2, there's no new release release date for that, and, and a few other ones as well. The New Mutants, which I talked about in last year's summer movie preview, has been pushed back yet again. All this to say, there's going to be so much uncertainty, and every day things are changing. I don't know exactly what exactly is going to happen. You know, you have movie theater chains like 
Cineplex, which is only selling up to 50% capacity and asking people to sit a few seats apart, things like that. And then you also have uh, TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, has their own movie theater, first stated that they will be doing smaller screenings and now have straight up stop screenings altogether. Everything is changing at such a rapid pace, so sort of take this as just movies I'm generally excited for for the next little while with don't put any super hard release date information because it seems like so much stuff is is in flux and changing going day by day. Um, Just I hope you're all staying safe and, you know, watch the movies at home. Let me know what you're watching at home. Uh, Assume this is a regular sign off, but without further ado, I'm going to take you back to the show. Coming up first, being released on May 27th, is the new live-action Disney remake Mulan, directed by Nikki Caro, starring Yaifi Lu, Donnie Yen, Jet Li, Li Gong, and Zi Ma. Now, this is interesting because the last few Disney movies, people have really been complaining that they've followed far too close to the Disney script as far as being a remake. And then this news is coming out that it's uh, not going to be a musical, it is not going to have a talking dragon, and other notable changes, and right away people were really up in arms about it, about what this movie actually was going to be. So it's sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing. That said, Mulan seems to be taking its cues more from films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the wuxia style of filmmaking, and due to that, it is very interesting looking and probably uh, the best one uh, as far as I can tell as far as what's coming out. There is definitely some controversy around it regarding several of the actors, especially the woman playing Mulan, supporting China and denouncing Hong Kong protests and a whole bunch of other things. So this movie has a whole lot of political baggage to it as well. So I'm curious to see exactly what sort of backlash it might end up getting. That said, this movie looks really interesting and I hope it does well because I'd like there to be more outside the box films like this if Disney does plan to continue literally remaking everything in their catalog. Up next, coming out on May 1st, is Black Widow, directed by Kate Shortland, uh, starring Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, and David Harbour. We are officially and finally getting a Black Widow solo film. It has only taken so long. For the longest time, Marvel was saying, I don't know if Marvel exactly was saying, but the word was that they couldn't make a female-fronted superhero movie, which was utter BS. And it took until Wonder Woman came out to prove that there is an appetite for well-made female-led superhero movies. So uh, Scarlett Johansson playing Black Widow does not get to be the first MCU solo-led female-fronted film. That went to Captain Marvel, but she finally gets her due here. And this is going to be a little interesting because, spoiler alert... Black Widow dies in the last Avengers movie. Sorry. Um, and so this is definitely a prequel. It looks like it is before she is involved with Iron Man at all. Uh, she's got her father, played by David Harbour, and her sister, played by Florence Pugh. And they're fighting together and all this interesting stuff. 
Um, I'm very excited. Florence Pugh had a huge uh, breakout year last year in Midsommar and um, Little Women. And so I'm just happy to see her get cast in really big things and that we get to see more Florence Pugh because she is absolutely adorable and a fantastic actor. Another really interesting, noteworthy thing that's going to come up a few times later, I believe there are three or four um, superhero movies coming out next year currently, or this year, sorry, coming out, and all of them are directed by women, which is awesome. I am so happy to see that. We're hopefully going to get some new and fresh perspectives. There's definitely going to be some more that I'm going to talk about later on that's going to really lead to that, so I'm really interested to see where this all goes. Up next Coming out on May 8th is The Personal History of David Copperfield, directed by Armando Iannucci, starring Dev Patel, Hugh Laurie, Tilda Swinton, and many more. David Copperfield is... um, is a is a classic Charles Dickens book, and this seems to be a bit of a retelling of this book, directed by Armando Iannucci, which is definitely a very interesting pick because he is most well known for his political satires. He created Veep. He also uh, did movies like In the Loop. Um, and, and a few others that I'm, I'm blanking right now, The Death of Stalin, which is one of my favorites of uh, the last couple of years. And so this not being a political satire is definitely really interesting. I'm curious to see where this goes. There looks to be a lot of fantastic elements to this movie, and uh, Dev Patel being the lead character is really interesting. I'm excited to sort of see what he does with this. This premiered back at TIFF in September and I tried to go and see it when I had some some TIFF passes for those of you that listened to the TIFF episode that I did, the, the few of them, but I was not able to make my schedule line up to go and see this, uh, but I'm definitely excited to see it now. Next movie is coming out on May 29th called The Green Knight, directed by David Lowry, also starring Dev Patel, but also Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, and Sean Harris. This is really interesting, you know, uh, Green Knight, this is sort of a adjacent story to King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and you've got Dev Patel playing the eponymous Green Knight of the title, and David Lowry, who directed A Ghost Story, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, mostly does these uh, smaller, more intense personal dramas, and this looks like a, a really dark, kind of mystical, kind of thriller, horror-y, but also action-y film, um, which looks like a new take on the sort of uh, round table night's tale sort of thing. And so I am all for this. The trailer looks fantastic. It's an A24 film, which if you've been paying attention to the films that they've been putting out the last couple of years, you know that it's going to be interesting no matter what. So I am very excited for this. This was actually supposed to premiere at South by Southwest, But unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, South by Southwest, unfortunately, was canceled. We were going to do a whole South by episode. I'm not too sure exactly what's happening with that uh, due to the cancellation, but uh, but definitely is a shame that we're not able to talk more about the Green Knight because of it. It hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) 
Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Moving on to June. Coming out on the 5th is Wonder Woman 1984, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Pedro Pascal, and Kristen Wiig. So this is the sequel to the original Wonder Woman that came out a couple years ago, and now it is taking place in 1984. The first film took place during World War I, so this is definitely a very large gap, uh, about 60 or so years moving forward. We know that Wonder Woman is not quite a time traveler. She is uh, someone who just lives for a very long time. And so this is definitely going to be great to see her back on her own again, because as far as the DCEU films goes, the Wonder Woman film is by far the best thing that they have released. Uh, and there is no real competition uh, compared to the rest of the films in that cinematic universe. Interestingly enough, we get the return of Chris Pine, whose character died at the end of the first one, and we're not too sure exactly how he comes back in this, but you know what? Chris Pine is probably one of the best Chris's working today, so I am all for that. We have Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig playing the bad guys in this, and so that's going to be interesting. Kristen Wiig has done some serious dramatic stuff in the past, but nothing on the scale of this. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see what sort of take her character is. Based on the trailer, she is going to be kind of funny. Uh, it will be interesting to see how she handles the action portion of this because she's really never done anything this physical before. Pedro Pascal, we all know and love between Game of Thrones or The Mandalorian or anything else. He's been doing Narcos. We know that he's going to be able to handle this. The Kingsman, he's able to balance both the comedy and the action. So he's going to be a perfect fit into this world. Coming out on June 19th is Soul, the new Pixar film directed by Pete Docter and Kemp Power, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Questlove, and more. This is the second Pixar film of the year after Onward, and this looks like by far the better one, and based on what we're seeing, this might be one of the better Pixar films in their entire oeuvre. Uh, we've got Jamie Foxx, who plays a jazz musician who dies, and that's about all we know, that it's about his soul uh, in the afterlife, sort of. Uh, it's going to have great music. It's got great cast with Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey as the leads. At this point, it's like, just buy me a ticket. I'm there. I'm ready to laugh. I'm ready to cry. I'm ready to feel all the emotions that a Pixar movie makes you feel. Now, moving on to July, the heart slash towards the end of summer season coming out on the 17th is Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie, which at this point, saying that, it's its own genre upon itself. So do I really need to talk about this movie? I guess I do, but, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say it stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kenneth Branagh, and uh, some guy named Michael Caine. Yeah, I wonder what Michael Caine looks like in a Christopher Nolan movie. No, either way. Uh, <laughs> all kidding aside, this is one, I think, you ask anyone, casual moviegoer, hardcore movie nerd, what movies that they're kind of looking forward to the year. 
saying that there's a new Christopher Nolan movie that's going to jump to near the top of the list for most people. He is turning out these original films, cranking them out and making them all huge worldwide smash hits time after time after time that you just can't help but trust what he does. We don't really know a ton about this movie other than the fact that it involves a little bit of time travel uh, with two police officers played by Washington, who we saw in Black Klansman as a breakout star there, and Robert Pattinson, who, if you are one of the people who are still doubting Robert Pattinson as a fantastic actor, you have clearly been missing out what he's been doing these last couple of years uh, between the uh, the Lighthouse, uh, High Life, uh, Good Time, and more. So the fact that the two of them are going to be leading this, I am all for it. Elizabeth Debicki is a, is a nice little wild card. I really like uh, everything that she's been doing lately, and Aaron Taylor Johnson hopefully brings the crazy because that seems to be when he is at his best. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics, the arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. Decent people. Supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Berenson, Sazerac, Kremens, Roebuck Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose. Coming out on July 24th is the next Wes Anderson film called The French Dispatch. Now, much like Christopher Nolan, Wes Anderson is a genre upon himself. He is basically a Russian nesting doll uh, of beautiful portraits and weird comedy. And this one looks to be uh, just dialing that up. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Elizabeth Moss, Saoirse Ronan, Lea Seydoux, Bill Murray, Benicio Del Toro, Owen Wilson, Tilda Swinton, and I'm sure many more people because for some reason Wes Anderson is able to hire every A-list actor and stick them in a single scene where all they have to do is wear uh, a sort of off-color costume and make some funny one-liners, make an awkward remark and exit, and suddenly they have one of the most memorable parts of the year. I am all for Wes Anderson in this film that is about uh, a newspaper in Paris, uh, an English language newspaper in Paris. Really, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. This this movie just looks really interesting. And I love the fact that he's sort of blending the two cultures uh, and getting some some French actors in here as well. Moving on to August, coming out on the 18th is The King's Man from Matthew Vaughn, starring Ray Fiennes, Gemma Arterton, Matthew Good, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Dimon Hansu, and Harris Dickinson. This is the third movie in the Kingsman movie series, but instead of the Kingsman being one word, Kingsman, it is now two, The King's Man. Um... This is a prequel that shows, I don't believe it's the, the real founding of uh, the, the, the Secret Service 
agency that they have, but it's definitely very early on, uh, and it stars Ray Fiennes as uh, one of the, 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 the first real members of this, and they're battling, I believe, in World War One, which explains why they're the king's man, because we had a, there was a king back then, so it'll be uh, interesting to see where this goes, but blending really high concept action state-of-the-art fight choreography cinematography with some suave comedy it'll be interesting to see and there's a there's a good cast to back it up with this coming out on august 25th is last night in soho directed by edgar wright starring thomason mckenzie anya taylor joy terrence stamp matt smith and others Edgar Wright is one of the best visual filmmakers we have. Uh, Baby Driver, while not my favorite film of his, was just so poetic the way he was able to merge imagery and sound in a way that I don't think anyone's ever seen. All you need to do is watch that opening sequence uh, of Baby going to go get coffee and, and just seeing how everything just pops out. And that's just the way Edgar Wright's brain works. And he's turning his sights to horror, which is not completely foreign to him. Uh, I would say both Shaun of the Dead, which is a straight-up horror horror comedy playing on the tropes and all that sort of stuff, and then Hot Fuzz, which, while was supposed to be a straight-up action movie, I definitely found a hell of a lot scarier than uh, Shaun of the Dead. So he's definitely dabbled in this before, so it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Uh, I don't know a ton about this movie. There's no trailer out yet for it. Uh, but you know what the IMDb description says is uh, a young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. Uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, I have been a, a big fan of since uh, I saw her in Leave No Trace. She also was in Jojo Rabbit and did a great job with that. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is is a name that's been popping up the last couple of years, uh, making a name mostly in The Witch, but also Split in uh, its sequel, uh, Glass. So she definitely has a lot of horror credentials to her name. So it's really going to be interesting to see what the two of these ladies do. Coming out in September on the 2nd is The Trial of the Chicago 7, directed by Aaron Sorkin, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jeremy Strong, Sasha Baron Cohen, Michael Keaton, Eddie Redmayne, and more. This is Aaron Sorkin's second directing uh, job. He did Molly's Game a few years ago. It was a pretty good film. I wasn't super high on it. But I know a lot of people were, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, this is definitely going to be more of a serious film. It is, uh, it's about uh, seven people that are on trial for uh, protesting and in, in demonstrations during uh, the 1968 Democratic National Convention that happened in Chicago. This is going to be a nice big ensemble cast where there's going to be a lot of really strong performances. I'm really excited to see where it all goes. You know, I mentioned those names. There's going to be other ones uh, like Mark Rylance, Franklin Gella, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. So there's a whole bunch of fantastic names, and it's really going to be interesting. Sasha Baron Cohen, who 
we obviously know as Borat uh, and Bruno and, and his other hilarious characters, uh, is once again turning in a dramatic performance. And we've definitely seen more of that in recent years. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how he's going to do uh, in a... In what I'm guessing is probably going to be a straight up serious film that has some real good high level dialogue, which is definitely something I think he'll be able to handle because Aaron Sorkin does that so well. Coming out in November on the 6th is Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Selma Hayek, Kumail Nanjiani, and Brian Tyree Henry. Now, Eternals is the next entry into the MCU, so you'll be forgiven if you're going, what, when you hear about this, because this is a, a comic book series that isn't as well known as some of the other properties, but as the Marvel Cinematic Universe has confirmed, you don't necessarily need to have the most popular characters to make really successful films. Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange were much more minor uh, plot lines that they were able to translate into full-fledged feature-length films. And uh, the fact that they've been as successful as they have is just a point that people want to see good films. And Eternals could be another one. Um, Chloe Zhao is a really interesting pick for this. She is most known for directing a film a couple of years ago called The Rider, which was a very tiny film, um, about a rodeo cowboy who sustains a life altering injury and how he has to cope with having everything he cares about being taken away and how he sells to live. And it's not exactly what you think when you think Marvel. So the fact that she was tapped to do this is, is really going to be interesting and in sort of seeing how Marvel does picking these, I don't want to say niche directors, but people that are used to working on smaller budgets, smaller scales, more intimate, more personal stories, and how they're able to translate that sort of skill set to a much broader audience. Um, I don't know a ton about Eternals, but it's... All these people, these famous people that I mentioned, they're, uh, you know, a race of immortal beings who lived at Earth and were involved with shaping the way uh, things moved on. So we're going to sort of maybe see behind the scenes of a lot of really famous historic events and what sort of roles that they played in that. I'm really curious to see where this goes and, and how that turns out. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. Coming out on November 25th is No Time to Die, directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, uh, starring Daniel Craig, Rami Malek, Ray Fiennes, Anna Diarmas, Lea Seydoux, and Christoph Waltz. I mentioned this at the top of the show, how it got pushed back from April until now. I was all excited. I was planning on doing a James Bond-themed episode, uh, and now it gets pushed back. So maybe it just gives me more time to prep and, and do some good work with that. Uh, we'll see how I feel and if people are still interested in that. 
I am very excited about having Kare Fukunaga on to direct. He is most known for um, doing the first season of True Detective. He also directed um, Jane Eyre, which is a really good film, and Beasts of No Nation, the Idris Elba film. Uh, and he created and directed all the episodes for uh, Maniac, the Netflix show that starred Jonah Hill and Emma Stone from last year. Um, by now, we've probably seen all the James Bond trailers a million times, and, and we know what it is. This is going to be Daniel Craig's last James Bond film. It looks like they're switching things up a little bit with the way things move on. So I'm very excited. Anna Diarmas, who had her uh, huge breakout last year in Knives Out, also seen in Blade Runner 2049, is the Bond girl in this movie, along with Leia Sedo, who's in the last one. So I'm going to be really interested to see what the two of them can bring to this. We've got two bad guys in this with Rami Malek and Christoph Waltz. Uh, so... Hopefully they do a better job with Christoph Waltz's character than they did in the last one because uh, Blowfield really blowed the last movie around, but that was the whole movie in general. <laughs> okay, the last movie I can talk about with a confirmed date coming out on December 18th is Dune, the new Denis Villeneuve movie. Uh, which is starring Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Zendaya, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, and more. Uh, Dune is this super iconic Frank Herbert science fiction novel that's also a political thriller. Uh, it's really long and, you know, there's like 10 different books in the series and it goes on and on. It looks like this movie is going to be taking place the first half of the first Dune book, uh, which in itself I believe is a contained story, sort of, um, so I think it's going to be one of the things where Blade Runner 2049 was a hit, but not as big of a hit as people wanted it to be. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting to sort of see how this movie does. I know in some sections of the internet, Denis Villeneuve is basically the new Christopher Nolan where you see his name on the billboard, you're going to go see it. That's me. Um I've never seen the previous Dune movies. There's been uh, there's the David Lynch adaptation, and then I believe there's a film mini a TV mini series, and then of course there's the famous documentary about uh, uh, the artist Jodorowsky who tried to make his version of Dune that was you know super trippy Dolly esque, uh, but that never ended up getting made. But we've got Denis Villeneuve, who's finally able to do it, and I am super excited. Everyone in this cast, I'm really excited about. Everything about this inspires confidence in me. And uh, looking at Denis Villeneuve's track record, it's just, you know, fantastic film after fantastic film. Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners, Enemy. And those of you who really know his Canadian stuff, Ensemble and Polytechnique. Uh, this, he's an absolute icon and I really hope this movie does well for him because I just can't wait to see what more crazy things he's able to do. Now, the last batch of films that I want to talk about are films without a release date. 
So hopefully in the next little while we get uh, more concrete information. Maybe they still are being finished. Maybe it's the, the, they need uh, to be sold and distributed, things like that. Don't really know. Some of it we do know what exactly is happening. Uh, but for the most part, let's, uh, let's just talk about it. First one is Mank from David Fincher, starring Lily Collins, Gary Oldman, and Amanda Seyfried. Now, this is about uh, a screenwriter, Herman Mankiewicz, and uh, his time working as the writer on Citizen Kane and working with Orson Welles. We've got Gary Oldman playing uh, Herman Mankiewicz and Tom Burke playing Orson Welles, who's an actor I'm not super familiar with. Um, But, you know, as I've said with a few other directors on this list, David Fincher is someone who I am going to line up to go see his film. He normally does things that are a little more creepy and, and thrillerish, and this looks like it's going to be more of a straight-up drama, so that's going to be interesting for him. This script was actually written by his late father, so that's going to be interesting considering it's subject matter that's super personal to him. Uh, but we got a screenwriter writing about a screenwriter. Up next is The Five Bloods from Spike Lee, starring Chadwick Boseman, Paul Walter Hauser, Giancarlo Esposito, and Jonathan Majors, among many others. This is a movie that we don't know a ton about. I believe it's actually going to come out on Netflix, um, but it's about a group of veterans from the Vietnam War who return to the jungle to find their lost innocence. Spike Lee hit it big time last time around with uh, Black Klansman showing that he still can be as uh, thought-provoking, provocative, and mainstream as he has been over the course of his 30-plus year career. And uh, this cast is going to be really interesting. Chadwick Boseman is is an actor I'm not super sold on. I, I don't really like him as Black Panther and some of his other movies I find a little questionable. But he's got... Jonathan Majors, who was in my favorite film of last year, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is a huge plus for me, and Paul Walter Hauser has shown that he is not a one-trick pony after being in both I, Tonya and Black Klansmen. He did a, a great job leading Richard Jewell, a very flawed and not super great movie but he still turns in a really good performance so i'm excited to see what he does in something like a spike lee movie where i'm guessing there's going to be a lot less comedy than he has been able to do in his last couple of films but spike lee at the top of his game yeah let's do this after we've got next goal wins directed by taika waititi starring elizabeth moss and michael fassbender this is a movie we, we don't know uh, a ton about as well either. Um, it also is going to be starring Army Hammer and Reese Darby and a few other people. Uh, but it's a, it's an adaptation of the 2014 British soccer, document, soccer documentary, which follows Dutch coach Thomas Rongen, who attempts the nearly impossible task of turning the American Samoa soccer team from perennial losers into winners. Taika Waititi, who uh, is one of my favorite directors, did uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People, before hitting into the big time with Thor Ragnarok in just last year, Jojo Rabbit. Um, 
he's been cranking out these movies that I'm very impressed with with how quickly he's able to do this and uh, the fact that he's he's got Michael Fassbender as his lead should be really interesting and and we've shown we've seen that uh, Taika Waititi's ability to to blend sort of this very dry humor with with really heart-wrenching drama is something he excels at and I'm really excited to see what he does with this Here's probably the movie that people know will know the least about. And it's one called After Yang, directed by Koganada, starring Colin Farrell, Jodie Turner-Smith, and Haley Lou Richardson. Uh, people that don't know Koganada, he originally was a video essayist who did his first film only a couple of years ago called Columbus, also starring Haley Lou Richardson and uh, John Cho, and it's a beautiful film and one that uh, I, I try recommending to people. But it's it's not it's not a hard watch at all. It's just a hard recommendation. It's a hard sell because it doesn't sound like it's a lot going on in this, which it isn't. It's just sort of a a sort of a tender romantic drama comedy uh, about architecture. <laughs> uh, but that was you know, one of the most unique and interesting films. And I loved the way he was able to utilize his camera to have the city of Columbus be a character. And the fact that he's coming back and doing something so different has me very intrigued. This is going to be a sci-fi film about a father and daughter uh, as they try to save the life of their robotic family member. So don't really know anything else really about this, but, you know, I love Haley Lou Richardson. She's fantastic. Uh, and the rest of the cast is really interesting. And the fact that it's Koganada has me definitely wanting to see this uh, after such a great debut. Next, we have Rebecca, directed by Ben Wheatley, starring Lily James, Army Hammer, Chris and Scott Thomas. Rebecca is a remake of one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock films, also of the same name, which was an adaptation of a um, Daphne du Maurier novel, which is sort of a gothic drama romance uh, about a man who comes home with a new wife, goes to his estate, and the house seems to be haunted by the presence of his dead wife. Not literally, more so in the way she looms over everything and the and the main caretaker is still utterly devoted to the original um, Mrs. De Winter, who is, that's the only way she is known as, um... And so it's going to be interesting to see how this movie does. Ben Wheatley, I, I I think he's a bit of an interesting pick for this. I enjoyed Free Fire. That's the only movie of his that I've seen. Uh, he also did, um, um, oh shoot, what did he do? Kill List, um, High Rise, uh, and it looks like he is tapped to direct the next Tomb Raider film as well. Um so it's going to be really interesting to see how he does this, but you've got Lily James playing the new Mrs. De Winter and Army Hammer playing Maxim, uh, the, the husband, and then Chris and Scott Thomas stepping in to fill the role as Mrs. Danvers, the head caretaker, and who's someone who, you know, is a little bit possessed and not wanting to move on, and so it's going to be interesting. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of leans more into the gothic horrorish elements than Alfred Hitchcock did, who was definitely very interested in the characters more so than uh, some of the other stuff going on. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I'm approaching this with a little bit of trepidation. This could either be fantastic or this could be utterly terrible. And then the last movie that I want to talk about, you know, I had a nice list of 20 films and this was the last movie I added to my list and I wasn't sure what to do if I should include it or not because there's, it sounds like it really likely is not coming out this year, that it will be coming out in 2021, but I could just see it maybe squeezing in the last moment and, you know, to be award season worthy coming out maybe end of December, early January, depending on uh, when it does its first initial screenings in New York and L.A. and things like that. And that is Macbeth, directed by Joel, but not Ethan Cohen. And it's starring Denzel Washington, Francis McDermott, Brendan Gleeson, Corey Hawkins, and others. Now, the Cohen brothers have worked separately before, but only on writing. They've never not directed a film together. And so the fact that Joel is doing a movie on his own, like, I, I'm already having anxiety panic attacks. I'm like, but but you need your other half there. The two of them apparently are so simpatico on set. There's stories of actors going up to one of them, asking them a question, and deciding to see what the other one will say. So they go up and they ask the same question to the other brother, and they somehow get the exact same answers because these guys are on the same wavelength. And the fact that, you know, in their almost 35-year career, I would say that they only really have had two, maybe three duds, and that was a period in the early 2000s, and they've basically been knocking everything out of the ballpark since then, um, has me very interested to see what one of them will do in this. And the fact that Joel Cohen is taking on William Shakespeare doing Macbeth is definitely going to be really interesting. He uh, once again casts his wife, Frances McDermott, who has been in many Coen Brothers movies, um, who is playing Lady Macbeth, but Macbeth is being played by Denzel Washington. So the two of them playing off each other is going to be really interesting, especially since the two actors are older than we normally see in Macbeth uh, adaptations. It's normally a younger couple that is having issues conceiving, whereas this, it looks like they're going, they're skipping right past that and that they are too old to conceive a child and maybe even had struggles in the past. So it's going to be really interesting. And then you got Brendan Gleeson as, as the king, um, and Corey Hawkins as Macduff. Like, this is going to be really interesting to see what they do, what, what Joel Cohen does with this. Um, they've done, they've definitely done, you know, straight up dramas, but uh, if anyone can find a little bit of comedy in Macbeth, I definitely think it can be Joel Cohen. So, there we have it. Those are the movies I am most looking forward to in 2020. What about you? Did I miss any of them? Did I maybe talk badly about one of them? Or do you agree with maybe the ones I was talking about? I'd love for you to let me know what 2020 release has you most excited. Uh, so if you do have one, send me an email, contrazoompod at gmail.com. Or you can go and send me a message on any of the social media accounts, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, all of them are at ContraZoomPod. So it's super easy to find me everywhere you go. It's the same name everywhere. 
I want to thank Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music, and thank you to Aesthetic Magazine for presenting the show. Uh, thanks for to Stephanie Pryor for designing the graphic, and Scott Murdoch for the sound effects. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it. We are on all the different podcast platforms, whether it is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podcast Attic, uh, Pinebox, uh, oh, so many more. I can't even I can't even think of them all. Uh, we are everywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Listen if you're able to leave a review, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Podchaser. I would super appreciate that. Um, and this is a sort of a new season. We've got tons of great stuff. We're working on some interviews and working on getting some, some doing some fun podcast crossovers. There's going to be some great content. Uh, I really hope that you enjoy the show this season. It's going to be a, a great one. We're, we're definitely putting all of our effort into making this as big as possible. And that is in part due to people like you who are listening to this. So thank you so much to you. And thanks for listening.